Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. And this segment is brought to you by Excelligent, building data everywhere. Visit Excelligent.com. Well, we have an incredible show for you today. We're going to talk about technology for your space, and this is important. You're going to love this show. Please welcome my guest. is Chad Curry. Chad is Managing Director with the Center for Realtor Technology at the National Association of Realtors. Chad is joining us here on Skype. Chad, thanks for being with us. Hey, Michael, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me, and welcome to uh, CRT Labs. Yeah, I like the lab there. So if you're uh, watching the show rather than listening, you can see the, the lab right there. And, and Chad, first of all, to get us started, uh, why, is our, why is the National Association of Realtors involved in technology, and why do they have an expert there uh, like you? Well, that's a great question. Uh, we get that question a lot, in fact. Um, so the group I run is called the Center for Realtor Technology. And uh, we actually are looking at what emerging technologies are coming and what they mean for real estate in both residential and commercial. Um, and so to that end, uh, a few years ago, I went to my chief technology officer, Mark Leswing, and I, I approached him with the idea of us setting up a laboratory. And uh, the purpose being that we could work directly with uh, vendors and people who are manufacturing uh, things that are coming on market, hardware. Uh, but also we're looking at software uh, and, uh, and we test uh, products for the home, for the commercial space, uh, and, and for actually communities and cities as well. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that uh, uh, later on. But um, So uh, we got approval from our budget committee here to set up a laboratory, and we set this up. And I have three engineers who work in both hardware and software, a user experience person and a project manager, and that's our team. Uh, and it allows us to run a little lean and, uh, and interface with groups that may not have thought of the National Association of Realtors as a way to connect uh, with consumers and, and building uh, engineers. And uh, they see it, and they see the potential uh, for them uh, talking to these groups through us. Right, and I think some of our listeners and viewers who are all in commercial real estate all over the country may not think of the National Association of Realtors for commercial, but there's very much a lot of benefits for commercial practitioners and the commercial real estate industry at NAR. And uh, Chad, let's talk about um, space, environmental concerns. You know, occupiers yeah. of space, people who run businesses like me, we're a lot more concerned with the quality of, of our interior space today. Right, and so to that end, uh, we've been looking at this market, at the Internet of Things, uh, which means essentially everyday devices that have computers embedded in them. And one of the devices we've actually worked on is a board that I'm holding up here that's the size of about half a credit card. And there are 10 uh, factors that this board tracks. Uh, it looks at air quality, and to break that out, we're looking at carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, uh, temperature, humidity, light, volatile organic compounds, which are prevalent in our buildings today, from the from the the, the uh, cleaning supplies and the equipment that we put in. So your desks, chairs, uh, they off-gas these VOCs, and it lets us see how impactful they are with this board. Uh, we're also looking at nitrous dioxide, which comes from outdoors, uh, particulate matter, which is a fine dust particles, and how they impact your health. And the idea here, the reason we're doing this, is because the buildings of the future, uh, if you think about um, how we live, uh, we are interacting with space, but we don't really know what's around us. And uh, we're trying to t put a central nervous system into these buildings so you could save energy, uh, so you could have more uh, proactive and, and productive workers, uh, and, and to actually make it a, a better environment for those involved. 
And how has this technology evolved in the last few years? Well, that's the thing, right? So um, I've been reviewing a lot of air quality management uh, uh, research, and I found one from 2004, and it talked about some of the things that needed to happen for better sense of how we're living. Uh, how it's evolved is that it's become cheaper to manufacture these devices, and it's become uh, even um, more centralized. So the board I'm holding here, we have sensors on here that are the size of a grain of rice, uh, and they cost us $8 uh, for one sensor. Uh, which is really cheap if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. And we're not even buying on bulk yet. We're just buying for our prototyping purposes. So once we start buying those sensors on bulk, the price comes down even further. And that's something that wasn't available before. Also, the ability to scale networks and have networks communicate more robustly. Um, because of the connectivity that we have available to us now, uh, these programs can run faster, learn and uh, l larger processing power is what I mean to say as well. Uh, you talk about big data, the Internet of Things is going to offer us that. So if you look at, um, right now, currently, we, we have about 4 billion smartphone users around the planet. By the year 2020, there's going to be 26 to 50 billion of these smart devices connected. Mm -hmm. So imagine the data coming off that, and imagine what it means for a commercial space, right? You can really get a sense of how your space is performing and save energy by heating and cooling, uh, by, by your, your circulation in the building. So it's, it's pretty amazing what it, what it affords us in a, in a very inexpensive way. Right. And how will these sensors connect, and how will it, will, will it work for the occupier of the space? So what we are envisioning with our sensors is that uh, they would connect through a radio frequency rather than Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, uh, which take a lot of uh, battery power and energy. Uh, we're using uh, a radio frequency that's encrypted, uh, so that way we can have a larger range of extension. We actually have on the second, we're on the fourth floor of NAR's building. On the second floor, we have a balcony out in the front of the building. And through concrete and steel, we're actually connected to that weather station and collecting data about the weather outside of our building, which gives us a really interesting picture of the microclimate here. Uh, so we're using radio frequencies that are very, uh, they're unlicensed, so we don't have to worry about licensing for those. Uh, but we are doing it in a way uh, that is safe and secure, uh, which is something that's really important to us. And we're not dependent on the Internet. So if the Internet does go down or if there's a, you know, uh, a lack of connectivity there, we don't have to worry about it. Right, and then that, all that information connects, and I have these sensors around my, my space or my building, yep. and then they connect to my console or my computer so that I can make what type of adjustments? Yeah, well, actually, our hope is that you wouldn't have to worry about making the adjustments. The building learns in response. Uh, but uh, you would have a web interface on your computer or your phone, uh, and we would have certain thresholds set. So let's say for carbon dioxide, this is the thing, right? People, uh, the, the cool thing is, you know, we, we Fitbit, so I just want to back up to those for a second. People didn't worry about 10,000 steps until they put a Fitbit on. Uh, and that's what we're thinking about with these devices. Carbon dioxide, there are certain levels that affect your productivity. Uh, it's because, you know, we're breathing out, but the circulation isn't happening appropriately uh, because we don't have insight into each floor and how it's operating. So um, so what would happen is uh, we would have a threshold, let's say 1,200 parts per million for a conference room, that would then turn on circulation uh, in that conference room and pull fresh air in. So that way it, it, uh, it helps people uh, breathe better and, and actually uh, be able to focus better and stay awake. If you ever have had that 2.30 in the afternoon feeling in a conference room of sleepiness, it's not your fault. It's because of the carbon dioxide levels uh, in that room. 
Right, and I think some people don't really realize, but I think more people are starting to realize that you can really increase productivity if your environment is is helping you, right? If, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, there's a, there's a study by the NIH, uh, they put one out last year that showed that, in fact, that a regular building stock versus a green building stock versus a green plus building stock, what happened to productivity of the workers in those environments? And definitely the ones in the green plus, which actually kept the CO2 uh, away from the workers, uh, helped mitigate it, uh, perform better. Um, and the ones in our traditional buildings didn't perform as well. How much of this technology is really being used right now, Chad? Well, this is pretty new. Um, I would say there are, well, so for instance, um, there are some things coming online now that will push the adoption of this technology. There's a new standard, uh, you know about LEED certification, but there's a new standard called WELL, uh, WELL certification uh, from the International Well Building Institute. Um, and uh, it's a standard that actually incorporates uh, that type of mitigation into the standard itself. So green is about the health of the building, the types of products we put into the building. Well is about the health of the people in the building. So having a fitness area, having a place where people can, uh, you know, uh, take showers if they need to or, or take care of themselves in, in, in any way they need to. But also light that supports your circadian rhythm, uh, uh, air quality. They have charcoal air, air filters in there and a filtration system that's constantly monitoring the CO2 levels and will adapt based on that. Uh, the international real estate uh, managers uh, – uh, I'm sorry, the in Institute of Real Estate Managers, I, uh, sorry, international in my head, Institute of Real Estate Managers, who's who are on the fifth floor here, became one of the first well-certified spaces in the United States uh, this last year. And uh, by the light, what I mean to say is that the, the type of light that they're receiving from above and from their desk is supporting their circadian rhythm and their actual melatonin production. And, I'll, uh, let's, and let's take a short break. I want to hear some more about that and more about the, the uh, wellness certification and more about the technology that you're going to be using in your space. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Are you in commercial real estate brokers? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Welcome back. I'm Michael Wall, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by Apto. Your brokerage in the crowd. In the cloud, not in the crowd. <laughs> Please welcome my guest, Chad Curry. Chad is Managing Director with the Center for Realtor Technology, the National Association of Realtors. And we're talking about technology in your space. And Chad, before we took the break, you started talking about lights. And lights are, yep. are so important to me. I mean, sometimes I go into some of the rooms and I'm blinking and I feel uncomfortable. Then I come in my studio, or I am now, we have these really nice LED lights and it just yeah. feels real comfortable. What's going on in the world of lighting and office space and commercial space. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was talking about uh, um, a type of light um, that uh, supports circadian rhythm. Uh, it's the right amount of Kelvin. So there's that uh, bluish white light and that yellowish light. The Kelvins you need during the day are the bluish white light. Uh, and uh, that is, uh, there's, we're actually working with a company. Um, they've given us some samples to test out called Lighting Science. 
and they actually have, uh, you have your traditional T8 fluorescent uh, bulbs, they have replacements for those that fit right into the sockets. And, uh, or they might need an electrical ballast, you can choose, they have different varieties. And they're not much more than the regular T8s, they're actually very cost competitive. Um, and what's cool about it is they're using LEDs, uh, so they're more efficient, um, and they could save you a ton of energy. And also you don't have to worry about the, the fluorescence and the gas and the de degradation over time because they're LEDs. Um, but uh, they are a company that has worked directly with NASA. Uh, and the reason they worked with NASA is because you have the uh, International Space Station uh, up in space where every 90 minutes uh, you have a sunrise and a sunset. So your circadian rhythm function isn't the best. Uh, so they've put these lights in to help with sleeping and with uh, and, and daily work uh, to help uh, the astronauts uh, recover. Now, to give you a practical application here on Earth, uh, they're working with a hospital in Massachusetts where in the hallways where the, where the staff are, they have the bluish light for uh, productivity, and in the rooms, they have the yellower light uh, for rest. So what they're seeing is on third shift, less accidents by the workers, and in the rooms, better recovery times from the patients. Uh, so the, we start to see the practical applications uh, with these lights in a space like that. Um, now, you can also have these lights for the home, and you've also noticed on your phones, uh, both the Android and iOS phones, there's an option at night to go into a night shift mode where it removes the blue light from your phones so you get better rest. So what you're seeing here is this move toward understanding how the things we produce are impacting us and how they make us feel. Uh, for for optimal performance, it's really impressive, actually. Yeah, it's very impressive, and it, and it's it's about time, and it's I guess some of the timing is the the cost coming down, uh, the technology yeah. getting better, and how do you actually test those those lights there? Yeah, so we actually in my office um, we have some setup, um, and in Mark Leswing's office, our CTO, uh, because we're in we're in these uh, 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 these spaces, all these confined spaces all day. Um, and I'll tell you right now, what's pretty amazing is as you walk toward my office, the light from above looks like the sunlight extended into my office. Um, and it's really beautiful. Um, and uh, now, because of the 5,000 Kelvins, it does take a little bit of getting used to. But once you do, people do say they feel better and they feel like they're more focused. Um, so, and we've tested out, uh, and Mark actually is really appreciative of the light. He's saying that he wants to continue it. And we're looking at actually... Uh, retrofitting this whole building um, by the end of November, maybe, with these lights. So uh, the building engineers it takes some getting used to because it's what? That the, the, the whiteness. It's, whiteness. It's different. Yeah. Now, when you're, when you're in a fluorescent room like this one, you see a yellower uh, tint to the light because they degrade over time. So this is a, this, this is a whiter light, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's it's brighter. So you do get used to it. When people get used to it, it's like a, a week of being under that light. It's such a change, such a transition. Uh, that uh, they report feeling better after they've uh, been in it for just a little bit. That's fantastic. Now let's talk yeah. about sensing people because now like in my parking deck at our building here, uh, when I go into the deck, it starts turning on the lights uh, knowing that I'm, I'm walking through there. Uh, and yeah. I, so what's going on in, in that technology in the space? Yeah, so there are a number of things happening. Uh, there's a company, I'll point to one company that's an example of it, called Density.io. Um, they have uh, sensors that go above doors that don't uh, identify, they don't know who the people are, uh, but they know um, that people are coming in. Um, and when people come in, uh, what they are doing is uh, counting the number of people coming through. So, um, 
so they would know that there are six people in a room. So that information could be displayed. So if you wanted to have a conference uh, uh, in, a, in the conference room, you would schedule it, but you know there are two people in there, uh, somebody's in there, and be able to talk to them about, about having that space. But also as amenities for uh, condos, you would know how many people are in a gym or in a retail space, know how many people you have. Start to build maps over time to know uh, what your what your um, hourly occupation uh, rates are, your minute by minute occupation rates, uh, what type of sales are driving that kind of thing. So it's pretty it's pretty exciting. But also like you're talking about, once again you're pointing to an energy management um, uh, solution where the lights only light up brighter when you're nearby, right? Um, and that's actually happening on city scale as well. Uh, there's a company called Twilight TV. I-L-I-G-H-T that's making street lights that do the exact same thing to cut down on light pollution at night and also uh, uh, use more effective light uh, for that. So uh, the occupancy, the building reacts to you based on location. So let's say there's no one in the conference room all day. Heating and cooling could be used somewhere else rather than that room, right? Or the system knows that there's going to be people in a room uh, based on your calendars in the next 20 minutes, it starts to cool the heating and cooling based on your needs. And how much of this technology is being used and what do you think the trends will be for the use of it? Yeah, this is actually, the, the presence detection is something that's being used in a lot of retail spaces now. Uh, there's numbers of ways to do it. Uh, there are actually mats that you can walk on. There's a company called Scanalytics that makes mats that you walk on, uh, uh, how many people are walking and where they're spending most of their time. Uh, so it's it's really uh, coming to the fore right now, especially in retail. retail. Uh, but I think in in, uh, in uh, uh, properties uh, for property management purposes, this could be really huge. Um, but also in in warehousing too, you could tell where people are throughout the day and they're spending um, in certain parts of the building. So you could determine how how you want to make your space, uh, how you want to build it out for the future. Right, and let's talk about counting cars. Right, so that's uh, something else that can uh, help in uh, in, our, in our space and around our space, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a couple of companies we're looking at, and we're actually building our own software to do people counting and vehicle counting. Um, we know we we've been we've been uh, monitoring traffic out in front of our building on Michigan Avenue, and we know up to the minute how many cars and people are passing our space minute by minute, uh, and we know that on a daily basis we have anywhere between. 40 and 46,000 cars pass by our building, and we have between 40 and 60,000 people on a daily basis go by our building. Wow. Um, now, we have a space that's a retail space, and we recently leased it. And I think that the data we were able to provide the building uh, was helpful in that uh, in that's, uh, leasing. So I, I think what that's going to help with in the future is, is uh, pricing spaces, but also it's going to help uh, with urban planning and designing space. Um, and mapping that with data from weather, local weather, uh, you can start to see trends and anticipate what you need to build for the future. Right, and you also know what time of day that traffic was heavy and, uh, and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, uh, that, that's fantastic. Absolutely, we're, yeah, and that's uh, the cool thing. Yeah, so we're going to have to take a short break. We're going to be right back with Chad Curry. We'll find out more about the technology in your space. And maybe it's there today, but if it's not there today, it will be there soon. And hopefully we'll all be more productive, happier, and healthier. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Michael Ball. Check out Plum Lending, the $1 to $25 million commercial real estate specialist. Plum offers you speed, certainty, and preferential terms because it's all driven by technology. Visit GetYourPlumLoan.com. That's GetYourPlumLoan.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show, and I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about technology for your space. This segment is brought to you by Valuate. Easily share investment analysis with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. My guest is Chad Curry. Chad is Managing Director with the Center for Realtor Technology with the National Association of Realtors. He's joining us on Skype. And so let's talk about aquaponics. What is aquaponics and how might we use that in our commercial space? Uh, it's a great, yeah, that's a very exciting one. Uh, you know, all new technology is old technology in some ways, right? Uh, so aquaponics, the, the concept behind it are that you have uh, uh, a green space or plants, and the plants are fertilized uh, naturally. And how they're fertilized is you have a fish tank with fish in it. Uh, the fish create waste. The waste is pumped up into the bed where the plants are. And the plants take the waste and, and convert it to nutrients and then filter that water so the water then goes back down in the tank. And what you have is a natural filtration system that keeps the, uh, the tank performing optimally. Um, and we believe that in the future, as we look to add more green space in indoors, to help with the mitigation of air quality issues, to help uh, with the feeling of people indoors, aquaponics is going to become something uh, pretty large. Now, there are a number of companies already um, adopting aquaponic uh, systems in, in uh, the commercial space. Uh, there's also a, a, a large movement uh, in the residential space, and we actually have a, um, uh, an aquaponic system, a couple of them in the lab, actually, where we're testing out uh, these different systems and putting our own sensors on them so we can give a whole holistic picture of how the building's performing. Um, what I believe in commercial is uh, there are plants that can be used to help filter the air from things like I was talking about with VOCs, the, the volatile organic compounds, which are things like formaldehyde, benzene, ammonia, xylene, uh, trichloroethylene. Uh, these things can be filtered out with plants. NASA actually did a study in 1989 to find plants to help filter out those chemicals because the way we're anticipating when they go to Mars or other places, uh, they want to have a way to naturally filter the air in case they, they don't want their air filtration system to break or be overloaded uh, with, with that, that type of thing. And we're actually, one of the things we're working on is a plant book to identify the plants that actually do this uh, for commercial spaces. And that'll be out in a little bit. It's like a, it's like a little uh, field guide, kind of a pamphlet sort of thing that commercial practitioners can take and learn about the plants and how they're used in the building. And, and here in Chicago, the, um, the company who takes care of our building here in Chicago, they knew about the study, and they actually had the plants on our floors uh, as part of that. And so with the aquaponic system, what we think could happen is those plants could be integrated into that and, and, and take care of themselves uh, with uh, this, uh, this, this symbiotic system. Um, now, the thing um, about the plants that you would have in the buildings, and from the aquaponics perspective too, is that natural light isn't as as needed um, for these plants because they tend to come from subtropical areas and uh, they're they're underneath that large canopy uh, of trees. So they had to learn how to survive 
without a lot of light. So it's perfect for an office space. You know, that's interesting. And I think, uh, you know, some of the states have figured out that the right plants are like Colorado, right? <laughs> and so can you show me yeah. the, the test the test you're doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you're going to have to pardon us because uh, some of the um, some of the plants are still uh, uh, maturing here. But let me give you a sense of it here. This is actually a system that we um, are using from a company called Grove Labs. And you can see down there, um, there's the fish tank. And we have our fish in there, some goldfish. And the water is being filtered up here into this bed. And this bed uh, has radishes we're growing right now. So we're testing out some radishes. And the light actually is adjustable. So this light uh, will adjust and it learns about uh, the types of plants we have in here and will change over time. So it gets the right type of light into that, into that system. Um, we also have a smaller system that we've been testing over here um, where we're actually uh, testing our own equipment um, on this one. This is actually an interface for some equipment that we're, uh, we're testing with uh, the oxidization of the water, the pH levels, and the temperature and humidity as we grow these plants. And we have a stop motion camera here so we can watch the plants grow over time and figure out what the optimal levels are for everything. And this is a much smaller tank if somebody wanted to have this in their office just to have something. Uh, this goes for uh, $140. So it's a very inexpensive system that someone could have in their office and have some have some actual natural uh, things to interact with. So how, it's pretty how, pretty exciting area. How large of a system would you need to, to make a difference in a commercial office space? Well, depending on the space. Um, so with the plants, uh, well, actually, there are systems that go uh, uh, about a story uh, with plant beds uh, all throughout, and the air is filtered through those. Um, and uh, it, it really depends on the space. So for this room, um, what we've got there would be adequate uh, to have those plants in. It would actually work for this room. Okay. So that's why you look so healthy then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Thank you, Michael. I tell that to my wife, please. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I can order whatever I want at lunch when my wife's not around. So you, if you don't tell her what we have at lunch uh, when I'm in Chicago in November. <laughs> And if, right. and, and if you are a realtor, uh, try to, to be in Chicago at the National Association of Realtors uh, conference there. You see some of this, these things uh, in person. And let's talk about responsive office space. What's that mean for the office occupier moving forward? Yeah, so uh, there's a movement happening with responsive space. And, and what I mean by that are convertible desks that move uh, uh, around the office and more open uh, 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 workspaces. Uh, now, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of movement toward this area. And by the responsive space, uh, what we mean are office uh, uh, meeting spaces, so conference rooms that expand or contract based on the number of occupants. Um, and uh, this has been happening a lot in Germany, and it's coming to the U.S., uh, where these spaces respond. And they also are tied in very much to um, uh, the sensing that's happening uh, that I was talking about earlier. Uh, but there's, there's a space in, um, in the Netherlands um, called The Edge uh, that um, uh, Deloitte actually set up where there are 2,000 employees in the building and there are a total of 1,000 seats and a few offices. And you can move air walls or um, uh, other components within, the, within those offices to create larger and smaller spaces and contract. Uh, the, the, thing about, the thing about these responsive spaces is they really align with LEED certification as well. 
they allow for the adaptive reuse in the future. Uh, they allow for you to be more flexible when you're listing a commercial property. Um, so that's that's really a movement uh, that's that's taking a lot of uh, a lot of hold, um, uh, especially with uh, lead certification coming online and the well certification coming online. Yeah, and let's talk about the well certification for a moment. You know, how many buildings, yeah. how many spaces have that? How much do you have to to do and spend to get that type of certification? Yeah. So the, the thing about the well certification. Uh, is it's it's new within the last couple of years, right? So it's kind of like where LEED was early 2000s, um, but uh, it's one that is taking, it's getting a lot of press, it's getting a lot of, of coverage um, in, uh, in uh, the commercial space um, with respect to uh, what it means for uh, the, the health of the occupants. I mean, a lot of studies happening on this. Um, it does cost a, a little bit to do, uh, I don't know the exact cost that Iron went through, um, but uh, but there is the retrofit of the lighting system. Uh, you have to char uh, charcoal air quality filters uh, to have that in an open space uh, for the occupants to to congregate. Meaning a kitchen that's open and can be converted into a conference room if it needs to be. Um, uh, the cubicles themselves they opted for lower ones up there to allow more natural light in. So really, it's more of a change of mind. Uh, the costs, I don't believe, uh, I don't have any numbers on those uh, yet, but I, I do want to get those um, um, soon. Uh, yeah. But I think that, you know, it's one of those things where that's that's nascent, but I think it's going to, it, it, it's showing to be uh, uh, one of those things people are, are interested in. Yeah, and when you look at the increased productivity uh, of the people in the space, well, it will certainly make right. sense. And we're going to take a short break when we get back. I'm going to ask Chad about some tips. If you own a building or you run a company and you have people in your space, uh, what you might think about today and some sources for some more information. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Buildout, the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking about technology for your space. Our, um, this session is brought to you by, this segment is brought to you by Plum Lending. Visit GetYourPlumLoan.com. This is an amazing site where you can get like six quotes for a commercial loan very, very quickly. Uh, my guest is Chad Curry, Managing Director with the Center for Realtor Technology with the National Association of Realtors. And, and Chad, if we're going to pull in fresh air for our buildings from outside, I guess it's important to know what the outside air is like, right? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, one of the projects that we're working on uh, is with a group from the city of Chicago, the University of Chicago, and Argonne Labs. It's called the Array of Things. And these are nodes that have about 16 different sensors in them, seven of them air quality, and they look like a beehive, and they go up on light poles. And they're going every other block or so. And in so doing, what they're giving you a sense of is the microclimate data. 
uh, what the weather's like, what the sun exposure is like, uh, what the air quality is like. So in the future, when you're building buildings and, and new developments uh, or your, your, your leasing space, uh, you can start to see what air uh, wind direction and speed is like, what the air uh, intakes, your air t intakes in your building, that they're placed properly. Uh, so they're not sitting, you know, over an alley and there's a truck idling or what have you. Uh, but this really gives you a, a complete picture. And, the, and by the way, those sensors will also do the people counting and vehicle counting. And that data will be open. So if you're a commercial uh, developer uh, and you're looking to have an application that shows you what a city view looks like, this is a great project for you to get involved in. Now, this is starting out in Chicago, um, but they have 60 different cities around the world uh, who want their technology, and they're opening up to those cities as well. Uh, they'll have 500 total sensors up, concentrated in the downtown, south, and west sides of Chicago, looking at air quality, um, and we're hoping to get uh, either one or two uh, on our building here at uh, 430 North Michigan uh, to be a part of that project. And the ones that are up now, that's open source, people can access that information now? Go ahead. They can get them on the Chicago data portal. Okay. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. That's excellent. So let's talk about some sources. So if uh, I run a company, and I do, and I have a lot of people that I want to be healthy and happy and, and productive, or uh, I'm building a building and, and I buy and sell buildings and, and help clients uh, build them, where can I get some more information? Is this, is this all this information involves and grows? Yeah, so um, not to be self-promoting, but I will. Uh, we have a, a website, crtlabs.org, um, and on our website, we do write about this information. We'll post the plant book up there. Uh, we actually write about what's happening in cities, what's happening in commercial spaces on our blog. Uh, we link to reports you can find about this information. Um, also, there's a lot of great technology websites that are focused on the built environment and, uh, and the, the citywide environment. Uh, one is... Uh, Fast Co Design. Uh, that's actually Fast Company's design uh, space, and they also have one called Fast Co Labs. Those two websites do a great job of looking at, at how we will interact with space in the future. Um, another website I, I would recommend um, is uh, is from a, a company called The Next Web. Uh, what NextWeb.com. They also look at uh, what's happening in this space, and um, and you know to find out more uh, about uh, the the built environment. There's a lot of um, uh, 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 commercial focus in, in, a, in a, a website called ReadWrite, ReadWrite.com. Um, so they're really looking at the future and what's happening. And then the Atlantic uh, magazine has one called City Labs, uh, and that's CityLabs.com, I believe, which also uh, does the same thing. So there's a lot of opportunity to find out about these sensing technologies and, uh, and, and what they mean for your business. Okay. And before you have to go, <clears throat> what would you leave as a parting tip for our viewers and listeners related to technology for the, for the built-out space? Yeah, I think the way we think about how we interact with the built environment has to change. And, and you know, I, I, I did say what, what's old is new again a little, a little earlier. I mean, really thinking about the green space that you're offering, because what we're finding in research is that younger, uh, younger occupants of buildings are looking for a way to, to connect with the green space. And so offering that in the built environment will make it uh, a more comfortable environment for them. Um, so there's really inexpensive ways to do that. Um, we are writing about those on our blog, and, uh, and uh, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big takeaway. But also understanding how your environment's being used. So things like density.io, which I talked about, I think that's a great way to get a better sense of how people are using uh, the space. Great. Chad, great information. Thanks for joining us today. 
Thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure. And if you'd like more information, we'll put these websites that Chad mentioned on the show webpage. So if you're driving down the street and listening to the radio, just visit commercialrealestateshow.com. We'll have them right there. And uh, be sure and join us next week. We're going to talk to Integra Viewpoint 2017 authors. You don't want to miss that. They're flying down from New York to be here in Studio One to get their view of the trends that are going to shape commercial real estate moving forward. So join us next week. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Excelligent, Building Data Everywhere, Plum Lending, Online Commercial Real Estate Loans, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Apto, Your Entire Brokerage in the Cloud, and Build Out, the marketing tool for your brokerage.